Good morning, good morning. You're with Cameron on a Friday here on 2VM. We are going north to talk to the Mayor of Gundawindi Shire this morning, Lawrence Springborg, as we do every Friday. How are you going, Lawrence? Yeah, not too bad, Cameron, yourself. I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. I had a good St. Patrick's Day uh, earlier in the week. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I was on a plane on St. Patrick's Day, so, uh, right. so not so not so much. I, I suppose I don't sort of drink ale, so I suppose it would have been a fairly boring St. Patrick's Day for me if I was actually <laughs> on the ground. But no, certainly a, a wonderful thing and an yeah. extraordinarily great celebration of the, you know, of the Irish culture and, of course, our wonderful Irish uh, Heritage. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is not only a, a popular thing, of course, in Australia, but also worldwide. And I remember years ago in my previous times in you know, public office as a mm -hmm. member of parliament attending the St. Patrick's Day functions in yep. Brisbane. It was just absolutely oh, yeah. extraordinary. You'd have the Prime Minister, you'd have the Deputy Prime, you'd have the Opposition Leader, the Premier, the Opposition Leader, the uh, a minister from Ireland would come over and represent. You'd have oh, the nice. Catholic and Anglican archbishops, and they would come along, and it'd be extraordinary nights of wonderful revelry and <laughs> people telling stories about each other, and you know, sending each other out. This was just everyone would do it, and uh, you know, and I suppose it just epitomises you know, fantastic Irish culture. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen in Brisbane anymore with the mm. closure of the Irish club. But of course. Mm. Exactly. Well, that might be an idea for the council next year to organise a little St. Patrick's Day event, or they can do it in conjunction with the Chamber yeah, of Commerce. Or... Yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And uh, last time we spoke, um, you also highlighted complaints made by people about uh, motorbikes being used on the uh, the stock camping and watering land. Have you yeah, got an up yeah. update on that? Well, well uh, we attended the meeting, I think I said at the time, and uh, indicated to people that we, we had to comply with what the rules were and we wouldn't be able to continue to allow that yeah. uh, at the Brigalow Reserve. And as I said to you, it's complaints-based, so we work on complaints. We've got lots of other reserves around the place and obviously if we had similar complaints, we'd have to deal with that in those areas, but we haven't had any complaints to date. But okay. the issue of the town common is something that we're currently working through as well. I think mm -hmm. we've previously spoke about the possibility of, of zoning that. So... You know, and that's a recreation reserve. So what we could do is to enable the off-road riding in a certain section of that for, you know, uh, for unlicensed, unregistered vehicles. You can, of course, go anywhere um, on a road if you are licensed and registered, and that would always be allowed. But we're now looking at that. But the other thing is we had a dreadful tragedy there, terrible tragedy uh, recently, and we've hit the pause button on that and we'll await the outcomes of the, any recommendations from the police or the coroner before we go ahead with any further consideration about zoning that to enable uh, the riding of, uh, of, of motorbikes in an off-road off sense there. So, yeah, look, it's one of these difficult things in our area. Uh, it is an outdoors area. Uh, you know, obviously, people love to ride their bikes. We understand. We appreciate mm -hmm. that. But then that creates potentially a safety issue and a conflict with other people as well. And, and we have to try to balance those things. But the simple reality is, Cameron, stock camps and, uh, and, and watering reserves uh, are not for this stuff. They are the rules, the state government land, and mm -hmm. they're quite adamant about that. And we have to respect and enforce that. And I think Easter is coming up in about two weeks. Is there any events on that a council are putting on or any community groups putting on events for Easter? 
Well, there actually will be an event, as I understand it. Um, we used to have Easter on the McIntyre that is going to be, uh, I understand, uh, now um, changed around, and that is going to be an event, one of the ovals in town. So, you know, that'll be, uh, people will be very much looking forward to that. And, of course, there'll no doubt be a, a myriad of other small events right through our council uh, area. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a great time of year for people to be able to share uh, with their families. But... Um, you know, one of the interesting things that I, I did want to talk about is that I'm currently in Canberra at the moment at the Regions Rising Summit, and it might sound like a protest, but it's not. It's uh, yeah. Regional Australia, basically promoting Regional Australia, and it's been put together under Regional Australia Institute, their Regional Activators Program, and uh, there are some 40-odd councils around Australia that have become a part of this particular approach, and it's about promoting the wonderful opportunities in our regions. And the interesting thing is, Cameron, uh, that in the June quarter of last year, there were 10,500 Australians that made the deliberate choice to move from the city into regional Australia, and that trend has continued. Now, that's the first time we've seen that in living memory. Some of it's been driven by COVID. Some of it's been driven by the fact that people are just wanting a a different life in a, in a quieter way. And mm. you know, what we've now proven in the last little while, somebody made a point down here that COVID's managed to do in a few months what it's taken 30 years to do, and that's get the pe- people to move to the regions mm. and realise that you don't have to work in big city offices. So with technology and that, you know, you can you can live somewhere and work somewhere else. So it's really yeah. encouraging. But, of course, what we're trying to do is to take this whole brand approach to, you know, move to somewhere in Australia. I understand that Moree's doing, you know, move to Moree, we're about Gundawindi. I mean, we need to complement each other. This is not about working mm. against each other. This is working uh, in, in, together to get more yeah. people to come to our regions. And then, of course, we have to deal with the issue of, you know, housing and, and other things. But that's a real challenge for us anyway, as, as you know, in our area. And we're trying to encourage more developments and we've got more coming online. And we know the lifestyle's fantastic. And uh, I made the point earlier talking to someone today that we don't really have an unemployment crisis. We have an employment crisis. We have lots of jobs in our region that are going unfilled, both in the unskilled, semi-skilled and skilled area. I mean, for example, we've got a range of positions allocated for the Murray-Darling Basin Authority in Gundawindi, and we're working through with the authority to try to fill them, and there's around about a dozen jobs there. It's quite significant, and uh, they're they're in that sort of upper level. So uh, lots of things, lots of opportunities in our region, and it's a really exciting thing to, Mm. to be a part of. And do you find that housing prices have gone up there now that a lot of people are starting to come like to regional rural areas like Gundawindi? Or? Well, it's an interesting point because our housing prices in Gundawindi have been uh, sort of at the upper level for a long time, as long as I can remember. So they've always been at a significant level uh, uh-huh. and, and they certainly haven't gone down. They have gone up a bit from there. But the important thing is that if you've got good jobs and good opportunities and people feel more comfortable in being able to afford those prices, and Gundawindi is a very livable place, and indeed across our region it's it's a very livable. We've got wonderful other communities right throughout, you know, our other major centres in, in, in Inglewood and Texas as well, and then we've got other little towns and villages, you know, Yalabin, and you go out to the western part, forward. We've got, we've got wonderful spots for, mm-hmm. that people can can choose to call home but you know the critical thing for us is to not only improve their developments which are necessary to supply those houses but also for those that are 
blocks to get in and, and build on them to create those mm. opportunities. That sounds cool. And uh, do you know what's going to be discussed in upcoming council meetings? Yes, we're having our um, first council meeting in Texas in 12 years. This is one of the commitments that I made before I became mayor, is that we would have an annual meeting in both Inglewood and Texas. Yep. We've had one in Inglewood last September. This is Texas' turn now, March, and we'll alternate those during the course of this term. So Inglewood, Texas, Inglewood, Tech, you know, and therefore, and, and so on. Uh, but uh, community's looking forward to that, but there will be a number of issues discussed there. Uh, Queensland, uh, sorry, our council has to decide on the allocation of $75,000 of of mental health awareness and support funding, which has come through from the state. We'll be sitting down looking at the various organisations within the communities across our area, whether mm -hmm. it be Yalabin, Texas, Inglewood, Tallwood, Gundawindi, you know, and a range of others where we'll be able to share that funding around. And generally we'll be looking at supporting very important local events there where people come together and, you know, they, they just... You know, they, they just interact as a community. Uh, another thing is we'll be considering a proposal to upgrade the lighting at the Gundawindi Airport, around $250,000 to bring it up to date with the uh, new CASA regulations, Civil Aviation Safety Authority regulations. So we'll be doing that. And the other thing which will be a major agenda item is our environmental impact statement uh, response for the inland rail route that's proposed from the border through to Gary at Toowoomba. So okay. you know, we'll be putting the final touches to that. So quite a busy, quite a busy council meeting. No worries. Well, that's uh, quite a jam-packed interview. Thanks so much for your time today, Lawrence. All the best with the upcoming meeting in Texas, and uh, look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you very much, Cameron.